Welcome to Godcast, where we cast the light of God into a dark world. Welcome to Resurrection Day. Some of you call it Easter, and some of you are already mostly through your day, but today we're just celebrating the risen Jesus. And we're going to be discussing unexpected things, how God just has so many different ways that he does things, and oftentimes it's unexpected. We'll look at unexpected loss and circumstances, unexpected answers and revelation that God gives us as well as unexpected presence of God and power of God. So I'm excited. Today, the Lord pointed me to Luke 24, which is the last chapter of the Gospel of Luke, and it has all of these aspects to it. And this is after Jesus' death on the cross, so what we celebrated just a couple of days ago as we remember all that Jesus did for us. Today is the day that we celebrate the completion of what he has done, and we just praise you, God, for that. And I ask that... Um, God, you would just bless this time. As we read through Luke 24, I will stop at different points to point out little parts of unexpected loss, unexpected answers, unexpected presence of God. So God, we just bless you this day. We honor you for all that you've done. And I pray that you bless these words as we speak them, for they are your words recorded by man, but inspired by Holy Spirit. And they are inerrant. They are absolutely true. And I praise you for that, God. I praise you that your word is true. We can look at so many things in the scripture to learn more about you. So I pray that you would open our eyes to see the different ways that you do things, God. I praise you. Amen. Okay, Luke 24. I'm taking this one from the New International Version, primarily um, because the, the language is just easier to hear. So anyway, starting um, in Luke 24, verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. This is the tomb of Jesus. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? For he is not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of the sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. I want to pause here. This is at the end of verse 8. I want to pause here because let's look at the unexpected loss and then unexpected circumstances. The unexpected loss is the big thing that we understand in this moment, that the disciples and all those who were following Jesus had an unexpected loss. Their Savior, who was going to save the world and save humanity and redeem all of Israel, now he has been on the cross, crucified and died, and now he's been buried. So for them, this is a tremendous loss. But for us, we know the rest of the story and that Jesus is resurrected. But at the time of this, they didn't know what was going to happen. They had forgotten that Jesus had told them in advance that he was coming and being resurrected on the third day. He had to be risen on the third day. And this was promised in the Old Testament scriptures. And he also spoke it out to the disciples before he even went to the cross. But they had forgotten they had forgotten. And sometimes when we're in circumstances, we forgot the hope that God has called us to. So they found themselves in unexpected circumstances. All the last three years are suddenly gone. Jesus is gone. And so they are sad. But now some unexpected revelation, unexpected answers 
begin to happen. And that is what has happened to the women who go to the tomb and they find the, st the stone rolled away and the angels are saying, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. See, Jesus wasn't dead. He was living because he had resurrected himself in, on the third day, just as the scriptures promised. So this is, this is beautiful. And he was reminding the women. At this point, it's just the women who have seen what's going on. And he reminded the angel reminded them that the son of man, the son of man, who is Jesus, told them in advance that he must be delivered over to the hands of sinner, sinners. He must be crucified and on the third day raised again. Sometimes we forget the promises, but we just take in the unexpected circumstances and the loss without remembering the revelation and the answers that he gave us. But God didn't condemn them. God wasn't angry at them. For when they went back, I'm going to continue now to Luke 24, 9. When they came back from the tomb, so they ran back to where the disciples were. They told all these things to the 11 and to all the others. And it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. See that part? Unexpected. Unexpected answers. To them, they didn't expect it to go this way. So they didn't believe the women. One at the time, women were not um, considered of equality. Jesus heavily described women as being equal to all. But in this cultural society, they didn't believe the women. And so I love that Jesus caused the women to find him first. So they had run back. The disciples don't believe. They don't believe him. Again, unexpected loss. And what did they choose? They choose not remembering, and they chose not to see the answers that God had set before them. But one, Peter and John decide to run back to the tomb. So the two disciples that went to went with Jesus up to the top of the mountain and got to see the transfiguration, these are the ones he took closely with him, and John is described as the beloved one. So Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. See again, the unexpected is lingering in their minds and they're not understanding. He's wondering why the strips of linen were lying by themselves without a body. That's why the scripture lets us see that even those closest to him, even those who believe him, even those who know everything that he said, sometimes we forget when we're in distress or we're in loss or in unexpected places. So now I want to step step forward again, showing some more unexpected things. So this is verse 13, and let me just read. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him going to pause here. So they're talking and discussing and trying to understand what had happened because Jesus, their Messiah and their Savior, had not come back to life yet. And they hadn't seen it. And they didn't know it. And they so they were questioning what was going on. So Jesus, who's now resurrected, suddenly appears to them. But notice this. For those of you who sometimes wonder, oh my gosh, am I being in sin because I'm not recognizing God's promises for me? I want you to see the goodness of God and the grace of God in this but they were kept from recognizing him. 
at times we don't always see Jesus and he gives us permission in this moment God was specifically not letting them recognize him so let's continue God Jesus asks them what are you discussing together as you walk along they stood still their face downcast so these people stop these two men stop then one of them named Cleopas asked Jesus are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? Jesus asks. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful and were indeed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place going to pause here before we go on to verse 22. So he, they're proclaiming this is what was going to happen and all of these things happened and this, they didn't even describe the big earthquakes and all the different things that had happened on the cross. But they said, we had hoped that he was going to redeem Israel and even more it is the third day. So they know the third day is meaningful. So they go on, they go on and continue to explain this confusion that they're walking, the unexpected circumstances, the unexpected events that are occurring. Verse 22, these men are all continue to say, in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said Jesus was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. Jesus replies to them, How foolish you are! How slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken! Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. So in this moment, Jesus, I'm going to pause there again. Jesus is saying, oh my goodness, how we do not look at the things that are right in front of us, how we do not look at the things written down of the past, how we do not look at the things that God has set before us. We don't look at the promises of God sometimes. We don't go back when we're in a moment of distress and chaos. We don't go back to him and ask questions of him. We don't go back and look at his promises. And sometimes we're in these circumstances and we don't go back to the scripture and say, God, you make these promises. I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand with these promises. They're saying that all these events have occurred and they're in sorrow, they're in loss, and now they're in confusion. They're like, they're wondering, where is the body? Where is the body? They've forgotten the part where the angels had said he is risen and he is alive. They forgot that part and they forgot the promise. They're still standing in this bewilderment. And sometimes that happens to us. But then the unexpected also happens. Jesus gives them answers. He gives them answers and he gives them revelation. Remember, in beginning with Moses and all the prophets, prophets Jesus explained to each to them what was said in all of the scriptures concerning himself. He's saying, just remember these things. I'm going to help you understand these things again. Let's jump back into the story. 
So they're hearing all these things of Jesus. And at the time, remember, they're still not knowing this is Jesus walking with them. I, I'm not sure how he disguised it or how he caused them not to see, but he is the God of the universe, so he can do these things. Um, if he can create man, he can cause us to not be able to see in moments. So let's pick up the story. So they're walking forward, and Jesus is explaining all of these things. And here's the, the verse 28. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So Jesus went in to stay with them. When Jesus was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. And just then their eyes were opened and they recognized Jesus, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, it is true, the Lord is risen and has appeared to Simon Peter. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when Jesus broke the bread. So we're going to pause there. So these verses show us that there will be a time when Jesus opens our eyes to see what he wants us to see. And they long to hear more about these two on the road to, um, to Emmaus. They longed to know more about what Jesus, what this man was telling them all about Jesus and the Messiah. They were taking comfort in the words of the scripture and the words of the truth that God was showing them. And they were remembering. And they invited the man in that they didn't know was Jesus. And I love the detail because we so often can see Jesus when he walked on the earth before his death, bodily death and resurrection. When he would take the bread, he would give thanks and he would break it and give it to them. He would give thanks to God in heaven just before he multiplied the loaves and fishes twice. He gave thanks to God in heaven. God always, Jesus always wanted to give thanks to Father God in heaven. And he did this again. And right then, as he broke the bread and handed it to them, remember he described himself as the bread of life, as he handed them sustenance, he gave them more than just physical nourishment. He gave them spiritual nourishment by opening their eyes and they recognized him. And then because Jesus is not the human he once was, he's now a spiritual being, walking still in a man form. He disappeared instantly from their sight. So let's pick up this unexpected. So we have the unexpected loss and circumstances. Then Jesus comes along and shows unexpected answers and revelation. And then instantly they know that the presence of God has been with them. And this is an unexpected presence of God. So this has happened to the men of Anna, um, the men at, on the road to Emmaus. And now we're going to step in to see what happens immediately after Jesus to, disappears. And the men go running back to Jerusalem. So as these men are there, they found the eleven. They're saying, everything is true. The Lord is risen. And he's appeared to Simon Peter. He's appeared to us. And they're all getting excited now. They're all getting excited. And they've told them what happened. So as they're all in this room, guess what happens? Let's take it to verse 36. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them all and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do, you, why do doubts ride in your, rise in your minds? Look at my hands, my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. 
let's pause here because sometimes the Apostle Thomas gets a lot of um, uh, bad reputation because he doesn't believe. But I want to remind you in this, this recording of Luke, it's all the disciples and others, it's including two on the way to Emmaus, where Jesus says, why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your mind? See, at the time, all of them were still confused. All of them were not believing. But Jesus knew this. And this is where the power and the presence of God, this is where the unexpected revelation, the unexpected presence of God reveal itself in this passage too, where God is saying, peace be with you. Look, look, I am not a ghost. I am not a spirit. I am not something that doesn't have flesh upon it. Touch me, touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones. So we see that God in the form of Jesus is there still in bodily form to prove that his ghost is not walking around. So they touch his physical body but internally he is just fully alive and fully spiritual. So when I'm going to go on to verse 40, when Jesus had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, see, did you catch that? They still did not believe everything yet because let's be realistic. We're still human and they were probably confused because they still had emotions of loss. They still had emotions running through them. And sometimes we don't see clearly, but Jesus persists. He persists and he keeps going. And Jesus continues to say, and while they still do not believe it, be, it because of joy and amazement, Jesus asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. And then he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. So he's reminding them, everything has to be fulfilled. Everything. God will not leave one thing undone. Absolutely everything must be done. And he's reminding them, this is what I told you. And even as he ate, he the food physically went into his body, whereas if it were a spirit, that was not something that could happen. So he's proving to them that he actually is in bodily form. And I love this next part because of all of the unexpected emotions and, and un, lack of clarity. And even though they've been given answers and revelation and the power and the presence of God have been right there in front of them, Jesus still had to do something. And even today, the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of Jesus in us has to do something to help us to see. And just as Jesus did to the two men on the way to Emmaus, this is what happens in verse 45. Then Jesus opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Stop there for a moment. So Jesus opened the minds of the people again. This is why when we read the scriptures, we ask the Lord to open our eyes, open our minds, to understand it in a newer and different way. It's not just a, a, a book that has things typed in it by a computer or a printout. What it is is the living word of God. And the only way it's living is to allow the Lord to open our eyes and open our minds to understand what's happening. 
to see the patterns, to see how it relates to our lives. And that's why so many people try to encourage us to read the Word of God. The primary reason that we can read the Word of God is to understand the ways of God. And secondarily, we get to experience God when we invite Him to show us new things, just like what was happening here in Luke 24. But what's beautiful is that it goes on. Jesus, um, in verse 50, I'm going to do, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, the, the end of Luke 24, and then I'm going to pick up on, on the early parts of Acts because it's considered sort of a continuation of Luke's gospel. So in verse 50, when he had led them out of the vicinity, out of this vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. And that closes Luke 24. And we pick it up in the beginning of Acts. Um, Luke reminds um, the readers about what had happened. And I'm going to, it just steps back a little bit. Acts 1, 3 through 5. Jesus presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And continuing on on Acts 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues of, as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So these are many unexpected things. God, we praise you for all that you have done. It's not just that you died bodily on the cross. It's not just that you were resurrected. It wasn't just that you walked and um, died for all sin and that you went back up to heaven and you returned up to heaven because you wanted to save us from all sin, death, disease, and sickness. God, you saved us from all of that that day on the cross and that day that you resurrected. You had victory. You had victory. You had victory. And these were unexpected victories. And we proclaim that, but you didn't leave us alone. You left us with your Holy Spirit so that we can be filled with you. And this is another unexpected revelation that you gave to us. See, God does often, often does the unexpected, but he is always perfectly good. And we can trust his ways even when we don't understand them. I want to read this verse to you. Psalm 28, verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts. And I am helped, my heart exalts, and with my song I give him thanks. See, the world didn't expect the salvation of humanity would be through the death of the Son of God. But he wouldn't have had it any other way. See, only God was willing to sacrifice himself for you, for me, for all of us. And only God was powerful enough to resurrect and defeat and be victorious over every effect of sin, iniquity, and disease. See, only God made a way back to himself, and he made it hard for himself, but he made it simple for us to simply believe in Jesus and what he had done. See, there's a good reason that people read and often quote John 3.16, and I don't want to um, belittle those who just use it without thinking about it because it has a lot of power, and I want to read John 3.16-18 through 18, because 
God himself was willing to sacrifice for us. And only God could save us. And only God has the power to resurrect Jesus. And only God has the power to give us eyes to see the word that he's written and to hear his voice even today. And thank you, God, for giving us the Holy Spirit to do so. John 16, John 3, 16 through 18 goes this way. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Oh, I just thank you, God, that because you live, we live. Because you died a bodily death, our sin died with you that day on the cross. For we are cleansed because you arose from death and returned to your heavenly throne. For today we are sons and daughters of God because you say we are. When we believe in you, Jesus, when we believe in you, Jesus, then we are so taken into your, into your kingdom with you. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are able to walk and do so many things and proclaim who you are because of what you've done. For you declare this. We don't make it up on our own and you so lovingly revealed it to us. Oh God, in all of the expect unexpected losses or circumstances of our lives, would you give us unexpected answers and revelation just as you did then? And with these answers and revelation, may we just receive your goodness and receive the knowledge that you are perfectly good and we can trust you in all your ways. And God, would you give people today your unexpected presence and the unexpected power of God in their personal lives and in all of their circumstances and all of the revelation. God, breathe on them again. Breathe on them freshly like you did in the days of Pentecost. Oh, Holy Spirit, breathe on the people. Breathe on the people and rejoice for those who believe in him because we are not condemned, we are saved. For Jesus, we believe you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus, for all that you have done. For each and every one of us, you have done these things and we praise you this day, amen. Mm -hmm.